everyone, Dash here. This week, I'm queued up with Dignitas top laner, Poonie. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Yo, I'm good. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing quite well, but probably not as good as someone who just came off a 2-0 weekend to kick off the LCS split. Dignitas is looking real hot so far after the first week. Did you guys expect that kind of a result? No. No? <laughs> really? No, I mean, honestly, like, our confidence level was, like, not that high, honestly. Like, we didn't also, like, I think, expect it that it's going to be that easy to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, like, EG been boot camping in Korea. Mm. Like, even CLG been boot camping in Korea. And, like, Dignitas. It's not like, I'm not flaming my org, absolutely. But, like, I was, like, thinking about, oh, maybe we're going to have some disadvantage because they've been playing for, like, for a while. Okay. And, like, I got here actually kind of, like, late compared to other people. Okay. Like, that was, like, main point that maybe only me was, like, not, like, sure enough that you're going to go 2-0 no matter what this week. And it just happened. But I guess, I mean, that's just a hoony thing, you know? Like, yeah, it's just a hoony thing where it happens, right? No, you guys actually, you laid down the hurt. I think it was a very impressive 2-0 week. And we'll, we'll come back to that. Got but it. before we do, we're going to rewind all the way back to 2014, 2015, where Ahuni's professional career began. Because you have such an interesting story. And I think the tagline to it is the, the idea that you have played in three major regions as a professional player at the top of all of those regions at a different time. You've been to the world finals. So you've pretty much done it all, barring the championship itself. Right, But I want to talk about the motivations of a player who comes from the best region in the world, Korea. 2014, Korea is the most dominant, indisputed, most dominant region in all of League of Legends. And yet you decide to leave to go to Europe for your shot in the big leagues. So why did you make that decision? Where did that move come from? Um, yeah, I mean... Like, first of all, I think I got to say my personally, go back to my personally, as a Huni, the mm -hmm. type of the people is like, like, I'm the more like looking for adventures. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm enjoying like the trying a new thing. That's why you can easily see my timeline of the, my team is like, I play, I've been playing for six years or seven years, mm -hmm. but I already have like seven teams, like eight teams. That's already like, that's not a... You know, that's not a like normal thing. Right. It's just like I want to try more. Like even though I like dominated like EU, EU LCS, but I decide to go to NA LCS to dominate again, to trying out. And I guess it's kind of like similar things between like when I was an LC, like I guess the LCK kind of like practicing team. Like I want to try the new thing. I, I would like to go to other side, of, like not my country, because I feel like I think I can be back in LCK kind of like pretty much every single time if. As long as I play well, I'll set up Korea. Okay. And pretty much that's what happened. And I was like, I believe myself. I trust myself. And I was like, damn, I think ULC is going to be like easier than LCK, of course. Because mm -hmm. you mentioned that LCK was the by far best reason at the 2014, 2015. Because that's what happened. Yeah. It, well, and, I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, and also, though, if I add one thing more, the, I was like, I was like pretty close to be SKT member at 2015. Yeah. Like I was at the Samsung member and I moved to SKT kind of, I was like doing kind of tests, being a practicing member. Right. And then like Koma actually like loved me too. Like he liked me. Yeah. But the thing was like at 2015, the change is like they made up only one team from the two team, which is like you have only five players to get, you can actually make in the words. Yeah. So like I was like, Oh, the Marine was like here, and I know Marine is good. Can I beat Marine? I think to be make sure there was like Easy Hoon, Faker, Bang, Wolf, Marine. Yeah. Like, it's only six people, you know? Like, can I be there as a Hoonie? I think I was like trying to think about myself that I think there's gonna be more chance to go to the other region, and then I gotta beat SKT at the worst, either MSI. Oh, 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 oh that would, yeah. I think that's, but it's so interesting to me because I think, I think if you asked most pro players, if I took most pro players and I said, you can be on the practice team for SKT or you can go play in Europe, a lot of players would actually choose to be on the practice team for SKT, right? Because of the pedigree of that, uh, of that organization at the time, world champions. 
but you made a different decision. And, and as you said, it really does speak to Huni, mm-hmm. the, the kind of person mm-hmm. Huni is looking for adventures and wanting to try new things. So you make your way over to Europe and you very quickly have the most dominant performances that anyone has ever seen in that region. What was that like to make that transition to an entirely new region and instantly become the best? You were a practice team, practice player in your er, in Korea, and then you just become overnight the best player or the best team in Europe. Um, of course, I think as I mentioned it, like I had like insane level of amount of the the confidence level that I can play well. Like I trust myself, I believe myself because like through the my solo solo rank already, like I was nearly like rank one. Yeah. Know, like rank two. Like every single time, like when rank was there, like I'm there, you know, every single time. And I was like, oh, I'm good, you know? <laughs> I guess that also that makes a help too though. Like I think my ego was like pretty big enough to choose go to Europe over SKT practicing mm-hmm. member too. And like I was like expecting that myself that I'm gonna do well in Europe LCS with Rainover, and pretty much that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, so then let's talk about that. The idea of ego, it's something that I've talked to Doublelift about in, in the past. And it's uh, interesting to me that, again, Doublelift being one of the best players in his role in the world, and in particular here in North America, I would say the same thing for you. You've showcased that you're one of the best top winners in the world and one of the best top winners here in North America. How much do you think ego is important? Is it really important to have an ego to be a pro player? Um, I think you just need to find the balances. I, of course, it's, I think it's kind of abused the uh, answer. Like having ego, like it's not it's not always like weaknesses. I think how you use your ego to like relate it between the team game. That's the more I think important to actually playing as a team mm-hmm. and I think individually like if you have an ego enough or like I think I would rather have an ego than like just not have like has zero ego because like I also need to trust myself like having like you just need to expect it yourself that you're gonna do well right so it's just be- like based on just trust like trusting yourself that you're gonna play well like if you don't trust yourself like who's gonna trust you like pretty much that's all you just I- gotta trust yourself and go stage I've gotta do better all like next time, even though you did like something bad, but you know, th- those kind of types are, I think is really good for having like big ego. Have you always been a confident person? And you know, even before professional League of Legends, you know, in your younger years, were you always a pretty confident dude? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Not as much as like in playing the video games, but mm. I got confident through the actually playing the video games. Okay. Because of when I was young, also I was I was being playing for like StarCraft for a moment. And I was like best player in town, even Woo. though I was like young. Yeah. That was like, oh, maybe I'm pretty talented playing just video games. And then I got like friends, like that's kind of cultures in Korea that if you're playing like video games well, then you like your friends like asking, hey, how are you playing that well? You know, like, can I get some tip? Like, Ooh. they were, like, asking those kind of type of questions that, like, and then I can just be along with, like, other people, too. And from there, I think I got a lot of confidence, like, as a personality that, oh, I can be, like, good entertainers, like, as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I can make, like, people kind of happy. Like, those kind of things are, I think help a lot by right. playing video games. And you've built an entire career off of that. I mean, your play as well, of course. But did you did you realize, or at what point did you realize, I guess, uh, in your career that Huni was going to become this big, you know, icon? I mean, you are loved across the world, again, by, by fans of multiple regions because of your big, booming personality and the smiles that you put on people's faces and the, your ability to make people laugh. Like, when did you realize you were that big of a presence? Um, I guess it started from, like, Fnatic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there was like, a lot of crowd was, like, chanting my name, and I felt, like, really good. And then when I see, like, video and, like, all the comments are, like, Damn, Hoon is like so adorable. Like it makes me like happy. Like mm-hmm. those type of like, I think that those kind of thing or when I see it, like it makes me like feels good, you know, of course, as a as a person. And also my personality was like, oh, like if I'm making them happy, I think I'm more happy than them that actually I'm giving to them the happinesses. Mm-hmm. And 
wow, that's insane, you know? Does that put any extra pressure on you, though? The um, fact that you are kind of this, you know, this idol for a lot of people? Um, I think at the moment, I think I'm pretty chill, honestly. You are pretty chill. Yeah. I can confirm that. <laughs> but before, definitely, I was like, oh, like, people were asking, hey, Huni, can you do Hololo again? Like, and then, like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> those kind of things was, like, kind of, like, pressured. But the, like, I realized that I just, just do my, like, just be myself and just show my, like, personality, whatever, to yeah. fan. And that's what they love. Not, like, only specific thing that, like, I should be focused on. So as long as I realized that, I kind of, like, pressure down. Like, you're good. Like, just take a chill. And no matter what, what I do, and fans are going to be like, trust me, believe me, they're yeah. going to like me. So just take a chill bit. Yeah, I think it's interesting because what we don't talk about a lot um, in, in League of Legends especially is the effect that that kind of like meteoric, very, very quick rise to the top can have on people, right? This idea that there's an expectation now. When you have this incredible uh, split with Fnatic, win the EU LCS 18-0, I, you can't do better than that. So now, every split beyond that, people expect the same performance out of you, and, and that's perfection. Uh, and we don't kind of talk about very often the amount of pressure that that puts on certain players when the game is constantly changing to, to live up to that. Um, and so, I guess, is there did that play into your decision at all once you had had that success in Europe to move on? Like, I've already done everything I can do here. I can't outperform a perfect split so I gotta leave I mean definitely it's like really good questions that I really <laughs> wanted to like touch on it that like I definitely agree like doing 18-0 I don't think it's gonna be a, ever never again that's what I feel <laughs> yeah like I even though I made like 17-1 in morals like 62 right. like it's really Close. good result but still, I was getting flamed that like I didn't make the 18-0, right? Right. Uh, of course, that's like, I agree that expectations, like amount is like, this is starting with this. And like, if I do this, then it's like, of course, that like, people are going to be, oh, who needs got worse? worse. <laughs> yeah. Even though that, you know, this is still so much better than that, you know, yeah, everyone know. else. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's, I should just take away. Like, because I had this one through my, my this is this is the big amount that I built it. And that's also means like, that's my like fan, like brand, everything's included. Mm -hmm. And of course a fan is gonna be like, I don't think they're gonna expecting that I'm gonna do worse than that. Right. Like, of course it's definitely understandable, but I just need to do like show, like prove them I'm trying best as much as I can all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I just need to find out the proof myself and also, like, to everyone that, like, the consi consistency that I'm just trying hard every single time. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not, like, you know, like, 100% satisfied with, I, oh, I did 18-0, I got to retire. It's not like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, those, uh, as long as I keep that mindset kind of, I think, I think it's fine. Even though, like, they're saying about, like, bad team, like, because I did, like, 17-1 or a 16-2, like, who cares? Like, still, I did, I think it's more important that, I got a happiness is that, oh, I made a 17-1 again. That's mm. insane result. Why do you think that Fnatic squad was able to go 18-0? You're the only team that's done it. Why were you guys able to be undefeated? Um, if it was a, if I, if I was, a, that, if that question was a, if I was at the Fnatic, I would have said, because Huni was there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but for now, I think the, um, it was like, I think our Fnatic level was like extremely high because as we, you guys know, it was like summer, mm -hmm. 18, we made an 18-0 and we won even though we were like playing whatever we want pretty right. much. And through there, like it, what it helped was MSI was a really big deal. It also, I think I remember it was a 2015, it was in Tallahassee yep. because it was a... Good memories over there. I was over here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, And that was like most improved as a team. We learned like most. In that event. Yeah, in okay. that event. Because like every single team that actually won every regions on your first places, that team actually qualified. Right. And the events, and we were just playing like TSM, like SKT, 
like also we got like a lot confident through that because mm. like I think the old for the Fnatic we were like really good player, but I think we were like kind of lack of ourselves that are we like confidence mm. level or like be more comfortable is that that level is definitely not as much as like SKT or like other team you know because like even Fabi Van was kind of like rookie yeah like definitely me and Rainovers is like rookie too like we just got outside of the Korea right and. Only thing that like Yellow Star was there as a like veteran, yeah, you know, like position as a like yeah. role as a dad. Yeah, the old man, the old man on the team, pretty much. <laughs> and that's why I think we made like two, two, three results versus the SKT, mm-hmm. and everyone was like shocked because like before, never ever Western team made the five games against against yeah, yeah. Asian team or like LCK team, right? And that was like shocked, and people were like. Damn, the Fnatic's good, man. And like we were like, oh, I guess we're good. Like we gotta show like what we we, we learned from MSI through the summer split, mm-hmm. and then that's why I think we got how to actually make the 18-0 like confidently. So confidence, uh, you think, plays a big role in in the success of a team. Do you think that that's part of what's holding North America back when we look at how we perform internationally? That there's just not enough confidence in our ability to play. Um, I. Think so too. Like I think it's like one of the biggest differences. I think in as any team, I don't think we have enough to trust ourselves that we can actually make off the group stage or like winning the words. Right. I, I feel like non-teams are having like goal that we're gonna win the words. Like that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. Like if prob because it's, that's kind of like I guess it's like realistically that just like we've been doing not well as much as like yeah. other reasons so that's why i think like it makes sense that we don't have a confidence enough but still i think the trust level or like that's kind of like com- like com- the confidence level is not like high, definitely not high enough to be like reached a high level right and and because you you're in an interesting position not not many lcs players have been as far in worlds as you we have a few world champions uh and then we have you a world finalist what do you think is the major difference between the team skt that you were on that made it to the world finals and any of your other teams that weren't able to make it there uh, you know, was it just confidence? Was it that the coaching was better? Was it that you just had better players around you? Uh, what do you think makes the difference between your journey to the finals and your time on Fnatic and Immortals and even uh, Clutch and Dig not going that far? Um, honestly, the first, I think, answer I got to say is like that's a different environment mm. of the how the esports built it, the cultures. Which is like in LCK, which is like it already built it like really big with through the StarCraft. And there was a lot of player that the watch the TV. Oh, the, there is a professional gamer that playing the video games and earning some money. Right. And like that damn, that job is so cool. Like everyone wanna be like playing video games whole day. And just like they get like a lot like owners, like that's type, that's a type of a thing that like what people young people like approach to the like for the futures. Like, and that's why I think there's a lot of player day, the bases that like want to be the professional player. Mm. Absolutely, like in even LPL right now is like popping off. Too. Oh my god! Even in LCK, it's like of course it's popping off all day, and I think that's the big difference is the like is the environment pretty much right. Well, because you were talking about even when you were a kid and you started to understand that you were really good at games, all your friends are standing around asking you for the tips and 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 looking at you to become a pro. It's definitely kind of baked into the culture more in, in Korea. Um, do you think that that then is something that has to happen here in North America? Do we have to get to the point that, you know, young kids, middle schoolers and high schoolers are are watching LCS and, and you know, looking at that as a possible career? They have to start that early? Um, I think it's going to help. Okay. If you see, like, long term, I think definitely it's going to help because it's like, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna happen, I think, for the future, definitely, because the esports is getting bigger, and there's like a lot of other games too that like the young kids are watching. Oh, damn, that's like so entertaining, you know? Yeah. Like I gotta play it for the future. It's like every kid is going like crazy, and that's the I think really big. I think it's gonna be really big key that is gonna slowly, slowly building up that the esports cultures that based on of like how 
how many people want to be actual professional player, right. the amount is going to be, I think, is way, way, way bigger for the futures. Yeah, bigger pool means we're going to have more good talent that eventually climbs to the top. Uh, I want to go back to the timeline. Let's kind of jump back to, okay, so we talked through uh, Fnatic 18-0 uh, season, um, went to quarterfinals uh, Worlds that year, right? Right, right. Um, and then from there, you decide to jump over to North America. And we talked a little bit about, okay, I've won. I've done undefeated in, in Europe. Now it's time to go to another region. Talk to me about day one North America. Uh, what was that experience like coming here for the first time? And, and First of all, I think as a city, the LA, yeah. it's like, dude. This you is like a, it? Yeah. This, okay. This is legit, you know? Like, it's really good. And what 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 about LA do you love so much? I mean, I, I'm not flaming the Berlin. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not no, no flame to Berlin. No flame to Berlin. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like a type of a person that when I see like there's an ocean, mm. and like the weather, you know, Berlin was like raining five times of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Uh I I couldn't really see the sun, but in LA, like the hum the humidity is like fine. Yep. Like, community is already already built up. Like there's a lot of Korean food. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of Korean too. And like, dude, this is the city. Wow, I love that. I grew up in, in in San Diego, so you know, West Coast, Southern California, my whole life. So I feel that 100. Mm -hmm. The food. You like the food here? I mean, <laughs> is that why you decided to come back after going to Korea? Pretty much the food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you make it, you make it out here, and you're on Immortals. And and again, you guys shock the world in the league. Yes, you don't go 18 and 0, but you go 17 and 1. You have this crazy dominant uh, regular split again. Like, where is that coming from? Are do, are you sitting on top of the world at this point? Do you feel like Michael Jordan, or like what's going through Hooney's brain at this point? Two years of just dominance across the board. Yeah, I mean, same thing, like, big ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just kidding. Like, anyway, like, I also, I saw, like, some comments that the, like, I had a 33 winning streak through the regular season. Yep. Like, through 18-0, the like, summer split. Yeah, and, I like, think you guys lost week seven of spring split. So, you had gone 18-0, and and then you won for six weeks in a row in spring in North America, and then you lost to CLG in week seven, <sighs> unfortunately. Right, I, I, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Darshan Fiora. I still remember <laughs> Darshan Fiora, okay, so yeah. yeah. I, was, I still remember that one. Some memories. Yeah, yeah, of there. course I do remember it, because that's the, that was a herd, you know, the 71, yep. that, that was a herd. Because what I won, the 17, I don't remember anything. I don't even know how You don't I remember won. the wins? No, I don't Just know. the loss. Just the loss. Of course, that makes perfect sense to me, though. Did that... I mean, like, how much did that sting? Did you forget what losing felt like at that point? Ah, before that one, I so sad. Actually, <laughs> if I if I can go back, like, I will try as much as I can. Like, definitely, like, yeah. double or like triple. I mean, anyway, to go back to the like, what I was, my brain was go going through when I have a like right. seventeen one was the, um, yeah. I mean, I made it. You know, like, I I, I think I proved that like Hoonies is definitely worth player uh -huh. and. Even though we kind of lost one game, like definitely I had to trust myself that like I'm a good player. Yeah. I'm a good player and I'm doing well with like with Rainover. Like our team synergy is like really good. But I think through the going to playoff, I remember, I think we got like third places kind of. Mm -hmm. And that was like pretty big turning point that we're slightly losing our like confidence that yeah. oh maybe. Like people were like people were saying like only Huni is like good at like regular season. Mm. That's where like that were like that's why they that was like what people were kind of talking about. Yeah. And I was like slowly, slowly losing my confidence. Even though I don't even I didn't even know myself that I was losing my confidence. Right. And I was like not being sure hundred percently that oh maybe I'm not oh no 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 maybe right. I'm not good at playoff. Yeah. You know, like, oh, am I only good at, like, regular season? Because, like, people only, like, focused on, like, they're dominating regular season. But always the Huni having, like, hard time at the playoff. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, Phew. Do you think, were you able to recognize that then? Or is this the perspective that you have now, looking back, saying, ooh, I, I think I was losing confidence. But at the time, you you didn't think you were losing confidence, I don't, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I didn't know it myself, too. That was a that was a point, I think. Right, because I want to talk about a couple things that happened that year. Some wacky stuff happened that year. Uh, 
really, really interesting picks coming out in the top lane. Everyone will remember Lucian top lane. That was Hooney's thing. And we saw some dominant performances on it, but we also saw it fail in the playoffs. Regardless of its results, what I want to talk about is the confidence of a player who brings out a pick that no one else is thinking of, that no one else is willing to try or even thinks will work. Why Why were you looking for those things, right? Like, if you could just beat people on Rumble or on Maokai or on any of these things, like, why is Hooney looking for these crazy new inventive picks and, you know, playing Lucian in the top lane? I think, yeah, I mean, go back to the same thing, like, probably Big Ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, also didn't know myself that, as I mentioned it, like, I was losing confidence, mm. but I didn't know. Right. Because then, like, I was more pressured. The pressure level is, getting like, getting higher. And then, like, people are like, yeah, probably, like, I was thinking, like, oh, who, I, I got to sh- I gotta show to the people that who need things, you know? Like, I need to show them, like, what I'm doing, like, why I'm really good at it. Like, they want to see I'm dominating the people, like, every single team. Like, that's why I think becomes a kind of, like, wackish things. Mm-hmm. Like, Top Lucian was not the kind of meta. That's right. what I assume. And I think that's, that's part of what I'm getting at here. There's a, I think there's a few different angles we can take. One would be... Um, again, there's this expectation. Everyone wants to see Huni dominate. Well, it's kind of hard to dominate if you're playing Maokai, or at least it's not fun to watch, right? So do you think that going for things like Lucian was more because of the expectation that your fans had, that Huni's going to be, he's a dominant player, he's going to solo kill his opponent, he's going to take the turret first, all this kind of stuff, so I need to play aggressive stuff? Or do you think that that's just a necessary part of being a top-tier pro player, that you're going to go search for ways to break the meta? Top top tier players are usually the ones who define the meta, right? We don't we don't look at what the tenth place top laner is doing and say I gotta play the champions he's playing, <laughs> right? We play the champions that the top tier team is playing. So so you can look at it one way and and say it's experimentation. I'm trying to push the limits. The other way is there's this undue expectation by the fans and the audience that I'm gonna put on this show. So I'm just gonna pick things that you know people appreciate in that regard but might not be competitively the best which 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 bucket do you think you were in uh i think i think i think it's pretty much both okay i think the more i think more was the important was like i had a confidence through the result of the top lucian that i play on the screen and the result Mm. was like it's super dominant. It was like super dominant. <laughs> we heard, and that's the thing we kept hearing that on the broadcast. Everyone was like, "This has been smashing scrims." He's like, Everywhere. "Not lost a single one." Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like nine and zero. Oh. No, I think when I was, I think when I, I think it was like twenty four one something Jeez. like that. Twenty four win and one loss. Oof. But it was a la- the lane swap meta, right? And the one loses was, I think, the lane swap meta. Okay. <laughs> so then people get lane swap against yeah. it. And that was what happened but at the playoff. But I think I kind of, like, I think I did the kind of proof. If there's no lane swap, like, right now, it's like, if you see the Lucian, it's like kind of permaban. Yeah. Like, everywhere. Like, I think that was, a, that was a thing that was in my brain. If you have a Lucian in a solo lane. How how, how, do you how is the, yeah, how's the enemy jungler is gonna play or like laner is gonna play when they're getting this much pressure? Mm-hmm. That was going through my like my brain and I actually proved through the scream, but just you know, that was not the I think meta that you couldn't like really do. Yeah. Because of course there was like lane swap, like top and bot, and I was like duty of the clearing super minion when I'm like level four Lucian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> how are you feeling? After that summer split, before going so before going back to Korea for SKT, right after that summer split, you'd had a 17 and one season in spring, didn't win. You had a 16 and two season in summer, having lost both series to uh, TSM, and then didn't win in the playoffs. Where was your head at? Like, you know, were you disappointed, depressed, um, sad? I think I motivated. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I finally like I realized that maybe. I'm not like good at actually playoff. And that was like really a sad thing that mm. when I just realized that, oh, if I'm as a player, professional player, if I'm, I'm not good at postseason, which is like playoff, then like, what am I gonna be? Like, if just playing for regular season and just get benched at playoff? Oof. <laughs> you don't Ooh, wanna be I don't like, like that. the sound of that. I don't <laughs> like the sound of that. <laughs> so, like, ah, that was like kind of like depressed that, oh, maybe the peoples are like correct mm-hmm. you know like 
I think as a professional player, also like duty is like, or like most happiness is when I get that point is like when I prove the people are wrong, like mm-hmm. the dignitas, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I'm love pretty, it. So I'm pretty happy right yeah. now. Just any, I know, you're any, pro- any, a lot of people are, I will be one of the first <laughs> to admit, we're going to talk about 2020 dignitas in a bit, but I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think you guys would would be as good as you already are. So I, I, I'm excited to talk about what's mm-hmm. working in 2020, mm-hmm. but I do want to keep going yeah, I know. on the timeline. Yeah. Um, so we have... I'm going to do air quotes, disappointing, because, again, you guys still had dominant regular seasons and you still finished well in North America. Now talk to me about the transition back to Korea. So you're going back home, but you're also now joining the most historic organization in the history of League of Legends um, as a top laner. But there's all... Well, so give me your give me your thoughts first on that process. What, what did that feel like when SKT hit you up and said, you're our top laner? Um... No, I mean definitely. That, uh, I think the story of the the when while I how joined, I SKT was the I kind of baited Koma. You baited him. <laughs> All right, give me the story. Tell me the story. The story of the uh, how I joined into yeah. SKT was a I contact to Koma uh, that mm-hmm. I think I'm interesting. Go back to LCK team, and I hear SKT top later. Was there, you know? Empty. Yeah. <laughs> free spot. See an opening. And from there, uh, I was asking, like, Koma, hey, let's grab some coffee, you know, okay. at the cafe. And I was talking, like, Koma was like, are you good? And I was like, I think I'm the best. Oh, okay. So the confidence was still there. Yeah, definitely. We still had confidence. Definitely. Okay. Huni equal Huni equal ego, you know. Yes, exactly. So, and then like Kilmo was like, he saw like how confident I am, and like he realizes that, like as a Huni before I go back to Fnatic, even when I was in Fnatic, he knew that like I'm actually like really scared, like player to mm. actually persist it, you know. Like okay, I was like really. I think I did a lot when I went up versus SKT and MSI. Even like at wars, like scream, we play a lot of versus SKT, and then we had like eighty five percent of the win rate versus oh, nice. SKT. And like Koma was like, "Oh, the Huni was good okay. back then." Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as I think he, as long as I, and then he was like telling me that as long as you try hard as much as you can at every single time when you're in part of the SKT, I will let you in it. And I was like. Yeah, of course. That's okay. the, that's the hoonie, man. All right. And I joined it. So what was it like having Koma as a coach? Um, I think I only mentioned a lot, like, through the interview. Like, there was like, a lot asking that, like, how's the Koma doing? And I was like, this is the, he's the, he's the real man. Is he the best coach yeah, in the world? Yeah, he's the real man. Yeah. And I uh, like, I think I learned a lot, like, as a person also, and even, like, in game. Like, I don't think I learned as much as, like, outside of the game. Wow. So, like, kind of, like, mindset or, like, motivate, like, those kind of, like, mentality stuff that are, like, really kind of important, honestly. Like, even though you're a good player, if you have bad mindset, like, you can't be part of the team. Right. So, like, I learned a lot from Koma that, like, how I should be, like, holding my pressures that even though the expectations like, really big, mm-hmm. like, I should know how the how how to like release the pressures myself and like outside of too yeah like those things were like really helped a lot and I think how I am right now this is part is like I think I think I learned from coma okay That's why. yeah coma is kind of an enigma uh, at least for those of us in North America uh, again he's like he's on this pedestal as the greatest coach in League of Legends but for a lot of us we still don't really have a good idea of what the process is like what it's like to be coached by coma oh my god I would kill to get coached by coma <laughs> um, <laughs> okay but so you go back to Korea and boom spring split win the LCK so now you've won a title in two different regions. You've won Europe. You've won the LCK on SKT. Didn't win summer. Go to Worlds as the second seed for Korea and make it all the way to the finals. Walk me through that season uh, because it was an interesting one where some of those pieces of Huni that people fell in love with, the Lucian top, those things went away in part because of the meta. But also it felt like in part because you were on SKT. So did you have to sacrifice a little bit of what made Huni individually special in order for SKT to be that successful? 
Um, I think definitely not. Also, no. Like Koma was like giving me a lot of opportunity to prove that this is this champions don't matter. Like I nearly played top Luciano when I was at SKT. Okay. I play like I was like playing GP a lot, like Rumble a lot. And that if I if I was playing well, like Koma was like letting me actually just playing everything, whatever I want. Okay. But the I think the why why the reason the main reason why the people were thinking about like I was getting like belts out from Koma was like the first game was like I think it was like Maokai, second game like Maokai, yeah. third game Poppy, fourth game Poppy, <laughs> All the tanks. five game Maokai. <laughs> and that's why I think the like, people are thinking. The perception. Yeah. Okay. But if you see actually the result of the tournament, what I play on the champion was the, I think more there's a damage deal champion actually. Okay. And that's like really interesting part of the like, when I see the result, oh, I, even <laughs> I thought that I, the, my most player was like Maokai or Poppy or something right. like that. But actually, but it's not, you know, it's oh, not like funny. all the tanks. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I guess it's just the perception because it is out of character for you to be playing. Then that's what sticks in people's brains. So let's talk about getting so close to winning a world championship, but not quite getting it. What, what was the immediate feeling uh, to being on the world stage and having that opportunity? Um, I think if Koma didn't tell me the one sentences, then I would have been like really, really depressed. What did he tell you? And if I you don't mind been, me asking, uh, yeah, I, I will say it. Okay, I will. Like, I would have been really disappointed if he didn't say that. Koma was like, I'm still happy that we play every single tournament what we can. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, because we've been to MSI final, Wars final, LCK two times final, and like when I'm thinking about. Oh, even though people are like, oh, damn, Huni didn't perform as well as much as Kuve. Like, of course, because that's the only one tournament that it appears at the moment. And I would have got it like kind of depressed okay. or like really disappoint myself. But when Koma telling me that, oh, we did, we did such a great job. Yeah. Still, like we did, we did something good, you know, like. Even though it was like tough one, like definitely it was a tough one after MSI, like a summer split was tough. Like LCK summer playoff was tough. Uh -huh. Like even the war is most of the, not the easiest. We play five games of the semifinal, five games of the quarterfinal versus mm -hmm. Misfits and RNG was not the easiest, but we got to respect that what we put at four, how much we put at four into we made a far up until like the final of the wars. So, I think that was a really big key that I could I could be still be like more motivated yeah. and be more pro, like be like entertaining, be professional player in the LCS. Those kind of things are like that sentence were like really really big. Yeah, that's very good perspective uh, to have there. You've not only played for what is considered the best coach in the world, you've also played alongside who is considered to be the best player in the world, Faker. Give me a little sense of what it's like to play with Faker. Is he really? the unkillable demon king <laughs> like how do you describe faker what was that experience like um i think also faker is a kind of type of the ego player too really yeah be like really comfortable like confident confident like and like really he's like really he knows how to enjoy the play the game and how he knows how to win pretty much yeah and i think i've never seen before that much the type of uh, like he like that I've never seen before that much of a vertical player as much as him. Like he's like, he's nearly talking everything, like what he can, like yeah. as much as he can. He's just fully talking everything. Just call, like, even though I'm top, he's just calling from mid, like, holy, you gotta do blah, 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 blah. Like, really? Yeah. And then I learned a lot from him too. Wow. I wow. think, I think also how he plays, like, really impressive. But I was like, more impressive was the how he made the call and like making, like on his decision because it's honestly even though you're a shot caller let's say if i'm shot caller in clutch gaming yeah then like that's a lot of pressure honestly like because like if if you made a decision once there's something wrong then the five people go wrong places you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah, and they yeah just lose and that's like a lot of pressure and that's why i think the pressure uh, the pressure even though he's getting um, like insane amount of pressure to the faker even though he's getting it but he knows like how to release and he 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 deserved to take it. That's why he think and then he just call everything like whatever he want. And yeah. the accurate accurate is like really high. 
than other any other single player. That's what I think. That's fascinating. So now let's go. Uh, we'll jump to back to North America. 2019 clutch. Uh, why did you decide to come back to North America after after being in the World Finals, uh, representing Korea? Was the what was the decision process like? Was this because you wanted to win a world championship here? Was it because you wanted to win domestically here? Why come back here of all places? Mm, I think first of all, also it was like really tough road uh, mm -hmm. going until the final, the world, and I knew I can do it again. But the more point was like since I failed in to twenty sixteen with the Emeralds mm -hmm. in LCS, like. I still like to prove myself that I'm I can be still good at LCS. Okay, and it goes back to again. I think like I'm a type of the type of the kind of persons that more adventurous. That I need if I want to do something, I gotta do it. Right. But I failed it, so I gotta <laughs> do it again. Gotta do it again. Yeah, I'm going on till I can get back up and try again. I love it because I think a lot of people, right? They'd go to the World Finals representing Korea. They win LCK. They win LAC. They'd probably be like. I know I didn't win LCS, but I can, right? And they'd be like, yeah, that would be enough for them is to make the statement. But you actually want to come here and do it. Uh, didn't get the win uh, last year on Clutch. Um, but an interesting trajectory for Clutch, kind of, because in you know late summer, you guys make this surge uh, towards playoffs, uh, rebrand to Dignitas as Dignitas comes in uh, as new ownership, and you guys go to Worlds. What was that transition like? Because there was a very clear shift when it became Dignitas, it seemed. It seemed like there was this very clear shift in mentality and the whole team just kind of took off. Why was that? You guys didn't really change anything. The players didn't change. But the team all of a sudden started working. I think... Uh, first, I think if I got to say something, that probably the is, there was a big difference from the company staff mm -hmm. which is like i think the ceo yep which is michael prindy and he was like really giving us like passions like why are we like what what are we doing right now you, we got the like spring ninth places and we're still not doing like as like we're still not like trying hard as much as we can mm -hmm. like this is like he was like this is ridiculous like this is cannot be happening at the pro, pro scene man yeah like, he was like like almost like mad that he was like trying to explain that why you guys need to just working on harder and harder and to prove the people why they're wrong because like we, our expectation was like nearly like like right not even like the uh, the opposite of the old expectation <laughs> for Huni right now yeah. all of a sudden the expectations yeah. down here pretty much and that was all that happened and I was like yeah right like this is not a this is like not a Huni that I know you know yeah. Like, I got a better job, man. Like, so it's a little kick in the ass. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need a little kick in the ass, right? Um, so Worlds happens. We move to the off season, And this is where the big story really starts to unfold, which is that you get re-signed with Dignitas. First time you've ever stuck with an org two years in a row because you've always moved every year. So so one, that's already a big a big note. But I think more interestingly is the idea that the team chooses to build around you, right? There's a very clear decision in the offseason when we sign Huni for a really big contract that this is Huni's team now, right? It's not Faker's team and Huni's the top laner on Faker's team. This is Huni's team. Um, what was the conversation around that like? Were you involved in the conversations of, okay, we're going to re-sign you and build this team. Did you have a big hand in choosing the rest of the roster and building the new Dignitas? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, honestly, like even last year, like for example, even Echo Fox, if I was like re-signing with Echo Fox, probably it would have been like, oh, Echo Fox is a Hoonies team. Yeah. It would have been like pretty much just, I think similar stuff. But I think for, I, but I was like really impressed that like how the actually can CEO that making the people like this, much this amount of the changing is gonna I think like really 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 impressive because mm -hmm. like as a one person nearly changed like whole team and like yeah I mean the you're the only man, returning huh? roster you got yeah. four new players yeah. uh how do you feel about the roster um I mean first time uh, first of all 
well, like honestly, I was like kind of scared too. Yeah. Because it's like definitely like people because people were like expecting Dunitas is bottom, like tenth places, mm-hmm. or like if they're doing well, it's gonna be a maximum like six places. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of one well, of those I was people. Like, oh, 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 oh no, <laughs> my man. heart, like, my heart. But definitely, as soon as I get I get back to in LA and then get into practice, like I play with them. And I think they're much, much better than what I expected. Yeah. Even, even I was like scared too, like because like, can I play like with a frog and Afro Johnson Greek man? Like right? that's what people were talking about, right? Too. Yeah, I mean, and 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 if we if we talk about some of the, I don't know, associations that people were making to the team. One of the associations was that this was the washed up team. Yes, we got we got some of the younger guys in Johnson and Greg, but they're saying. Well, Froggen, you know, he was he was a god in EU, and yeah, he's a you know middle of the pack North American mid laner, but he's never really achieved anything since he got to North America. Uh, you know, Hooney, uh, Hooney, you know, he's washed. <laughs> he went to the World Finals, but you know, then but then Clutch wasn't you know didn't have a great season. He's on the downslide. Aframus, same story last year with the hundred thieves. People are saying, oh, he's a washed up. He's no good anymore. Blah blah. blah. Um, do you guys think you're washed up? Um, if you think that, probably the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you guys think that way as a professional a professional player, then like I don't think you can be a professional player anymore. If you think that yourself that yeah. oh damn I'm washed up, that means like that that's the time that probably you need to retire. Right. So and I think it's important to just let everyone know, uh, Huni, you just turned how old? 22. 22 in December, my friends. 22 years old, he just turned. Who else is 22? You know how else is 22? DeMonte. <laughs> DeMonte is 22. And I just, I think it, it just, I, I bring this up because I think it, it, it lays an interesting perspective on the scene, which is that you've been around for a long time. So people have this image of you being an older League of Legends player. But DeMonte is looked at as like up and coming new talent. You're both the same age. You clearly have plenty of life left in you. I mean, you look at you look at a player like X Smithy, who's still smashing the LCS, and he's he's one of the oldest at 28. Do you believe there's a lifespan uh, for gamers? How 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 long do you think Hooney can be playing uh, professional League of Legends? 32, <laughs> 40. 45, 45-year-old <laughs> Hooney still going to be smashing it in the top lane? Honestly, we... I think my real answer is going to be, my ex- expectations for myself is I don't think I can play until like 28. Really? That because I think I, even though there's a lot of players for or like all of the ages, like 27, 26, like over 25. But like for me, it's like I've been playing a lot when I was young. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the big key that like my, I might not be able to play a like long time because maybe they start like from like, 22, but I'm right now 22. Olivia has been playing for six years, mm-hmm. and I started when I was like 16 or like 17. And I think that's the big difference is that I might not be able to play like that long time. Okay, but still, I think my goal is like still bring. I would like to bring the entertaining to like the my fans. Right. Like, but do you like, you right. don't think age is like prohibitive, right? You don't think. I mean, I'm sure there's a point, right? I'm sure that you can, yeah. There's a point Definitely. where eventually it's going to become prohibitive, but I don't think it's as stark as a lot of people say it is. Like, oh, once you're 28, you can no longer be a, a pro gamer. I think it's really specific. Like, for like for example, for myself, like when I was a Fnatic, I used to play Riven, but as mm-hmm. soon as I get in LA, I can't. No more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only I'm, young guys like uh, Viper. Yeah, yeah. Young guys, I'm, young I'm, whippersnappers. I'm, I'm too old for that, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what is the what is the synergy like on this team? How did you guys approach uh strategy in in 2020? I'm going to let you answer first before I tell you what for example, I was thinking about this gotcha. team before I saw it. But I want to know how you guys talked about what Dignitas would look like this split. Um I mean, of course, most of people were thinking about like we couldn't like we might not be able to sync well between the player because we have a like big player as a three, like top, mid, support. Yeah. <laughs> so like the people were like, damn, the Greek is gonna Greek need a probably need a three body for jungle. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what everyone was thinking. Uh, but I think definitely like I think go through details that like I even I mentioned it like as soon as I get into practice it was like really fine because it's like everyone I think they know 
we should like sync well. Like mm-hmm. I think the warrior about the warrior po- the point of the warrior what they made from the people was the I think that was like really good medicine. It was like really good pills for us mm. that everyone knows. Everyone see like what what people are saying pretty much. And right. Like, that means like as long as we think well, that we're gonna be for sure better than what I what people expected. Yeah. And I think we were focusing a lot probably like even like everyone like sacrificing for the like team and then trying to like make like good argument like having some good conversation like this when this type of the play like we should do this then it's like everyone's like mm, agree okay you know, like those ty- type of thing were like really important and also i think compared to last year afromu frogan greg like i guess johnson has no like like result but no they're so much better right now like yeah. they're trying like really really hard like how they're putting as resource right now is like Probably I've never seen before. Like they're this good amount. I think that's awesome to hear. I, I think uh, uh, to to represent what a lot of people are like just myself was thinking coming in. <laughs> I had some questions around uh, the synergy of the team. Exactly as you said, my concerns were particularly the top side of the map. So you, Greg, and Froggen. How would you three work together? And my concern was that, as history has shown. Hooney likes to play aggressive. Hooney's going to be in the opposing top laner's face 100% of the time. I expect you to be under their turret and pressuring. But in a lot of ways, the opposite is the expectation for Froggen, right? That he's going to absorb pressure and just farm, 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 farm until, you know, 200 plus CS, and then he'll start making plays. So the concern was, with a mid lane that's always pushed in and a top lane that's always extended, how do they protect or play around Tooney? I was worried he'd be exposed and maybe taken advantage of by the opposing jungler. That's not what happened, though. Uh, in fact, in the very first game of the split, the most impressive thing was how how quickly and how repeatedly Froggen was able to get out of his lane and come to the top side with Greg and just completely snowball that half of the map. Was that an adjustment, or did that happen naturally like within the team did you guys find that synergy naturally or was this something that you guys had to make a conscious decision like i'm gonna ask Froggen to play different than he normally would to support my play style um i mean that's the already key that like i didn't even need to like ask really? what Froggen to do like he only realizes that what we what he needs to do and that's the nearly meta like whoever got the prior that's right now is like already really, really big advantage for all the game. Yeah. And he re- he realizes that he knows that about it, but like I didn't even need to ask anything. Like wow. and like he's I think right now it's like really vertical too, that he knows like how to make the play too. He knows how to make the call since he's been playing for like how many years? I don't know, like more like more than me, like eight years, yeah. like nine I mean, years. He's been playing for all of them. <laughs> all of the years. Pretty much. <laughs> so that's why I think he knows like like it's not like only that he should be get pushed and probably he was that his team was the like if he has no pressure of course he, he need to farm inside of turret right. and like of course the people looks gonna be worse if you're worst team yeah like no matter what even though you're a worse player if you're at the better team you look fine you know like I think it's pretty pretty much just like similar similar type of the things that people can easily people can't see. Like easily, oh, these people, these persons, like good or not. Yeah, you know? uh, we talked about how the expectation for Dignitas in 2020 wasn't wasn't that high. A lot of people are saying, you know, maybe maybe top six. Um, but I want to know what, or rather, which teams you're looking at to be your biggest competition, right? Well, you've already had a 2-0 start. You're proving a lot of people wrong in the top six conversation. Who do? You, what are the teams that you think are going to give you guys the most trouble this split? Um, I think ourselves. You think yourselves? <laughs> yeah, ourselves. Interesting take. Ourselves. Okay, why? Because I think we made a 2-0, but I've seen a lot team when 2-0 and they lose. Mm. Like, as long, as long as I think we can't be satisfied, make a 2-0, and we nearly versus was not even like, I would be probably satisfied if it was like the first week, C9 and Liquid. Right. If it makes sense. Okay. But definitely not. If you got wins over those two teams. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, I don't think we should be satisfied. But we can be happy 
that we can take uh, the happinesses to actually be more motivated. We can actually do better job than anyone else. Yeah, and that should be the approach. How uh, that should be the approach that how we want to like practice going through the DSS play. Right. And I think the starting with the two was really good since we have a like new player like Greg has no like experience as much as other people. Even Johnson. Johnson. He yeah. Just nearly dabby. He's just like he's just born. You know? Yeah. To to start two zero for the rookie Johnson. I mean that's got to be a big boost to confidence. But then we can kind of come back to the conversation of ego. Two zero can give you a lot of confidence. But there's also the danger of having too much confidence, right? And I think that's where you speak to. We we can be happy, mm-hmm. but we have to keep grinding mm-hmm. uh, to stay at the front. Are you already thinking about another 18-0 season, though? You're 2-0. Are you thinking about it? Oh, kind of. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I knew it. I knew how many would be thinking about an 18-0 season. Uh, um, I mean, it could, you know? I mean, no one, I mean no one knows. We got to play versus any everyone. Exactly. We, we just need to see until it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the East person thing. It's like, you can't nearly make a predict. Like, everyone was digging and tossing going to bed. We nearly rank one right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those aren't... Uh, so you think you, your own team, will be your own biggest struggle, which is great. I love that. A battle against ourselves. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of other players uh, in the league at the moment, uh, who do you look at as being uh, stars of the LCS this year? Outside of yourself. We already know that Huni's a star. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say my name immediately. <laughs> you can say it. Still say it. Say it, say it just to say it. Uh, uh, no, no, but, but I am curious. I'm curious because, uh, you know, whether it be because of play or maybe if you want to talk about somebody from a personality perspective, uh, you know, who's going to be the next big star like Huni? Who's who's gonna be Huni's big rival? Like a rising star. Yeah, a rising star that's gonna try and take Huni down. Who's coming for your job? <sighs> if I'm real Huni here, no one is. No nobody's one, nobody. close. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of terrorists. Like, like I think I'm still really impressed with that. Like Impact, for example, he's been playing for like a while. Yeah. And still, I think I can easily see how he's putting the F4 to be. Like, like he the stay of the what he has, you know. Like he's trying to keep what he have, and like even I think double lift, I think it's really impressive too. Yeah. That he's been playing for like wild, and he's still really trying hard too. And he's been performing like really fine. And I was like, wow. Like if I'm playing for like eight years, I don't, I'm not. I can't even like sure that I will be playing like that well and like putting resources that much. Because I'm more like probably adventurous persons that maybe I want to go other game and be a professional player. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, is that something you've actually thought about? I was just about to ask uh, for you to reflect on just your League of Legends career, just the idea that this this game and your professional career has taken you on so many adventures. You've traveled the world. You've been to so many different places. You've built all these relationships with so many cool people. I was going to ask you to reflect on that, but now I'm kind of curious. Has it sparked a desire to say, like, maybe at some point I'm going to try my hand at a different game, a new adventure? Um, as long as I am good at that game. Like, yeah. But the what other games are you good at? The, the funny thing is that I'm actually more talented at FPS, You're the shooter m- game. Really? Yeah. That's okay. like, so that's Project really, A. Like, that's, like, that was, like, really interesting. Probably people don't know, like, that much. Like, yeah. after Emeralds. We failed a playoff, and then the it was a Noah Winston. He has a CEO. Yep. He was like offering me, offering me that, are you interested at the off season trying to be a professional player for the Overwatch? Overwatch team. Yeah. Oh my god. Because I was like rank one. Oh jeez. Ah <laughs> oh, jeez. It must be tough to be so good at so many things, Huni. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that was like kind of my concert, and well, like I denied it. I got to play solo queue for in LCK. I mean, yeah. or so create solo queue. And then my dream is joining LCK. I mean, which is I got the dream that I joined SKT you with the, through the, did it. LC, uh, the solo queue in Korea. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, pretty much I think I still feel like my, I think I can make a desire that I kind of want to try the more thing. But since I'm getting old and I don't know, like, depends on how long I'm going to play for League of Legends. I was going to say, I was, about to, I was about to make you make me a promise before we go, which was... Just promise me you won't go to another game until you win 
a world title for the LCS. Pretty much. Okay. So okay. win worlds for the LCS, <laughs> and then and then you can go play. Got it. Uh, got it. Shooter. We have that's, a deal? that's the time that we I have live. A deal? Yeah. All right. We shake on that. That's the there time. It is. <laughs> that's the time that. I'm I'm out of this building. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Huni, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. That's all the time we have left for this chat with Huni. If you enjoyed it, please throw us a like. Let us know who else you'd like to queue up with in the future. Make sure you tune in, though, because Huni is playing Team Liquid and FlyQuest this Ooh. week. FlyQuest is another one of those hot teams right now. Ooh. And then Team Liquid still trying to find their footing and get a victory. Again, Huni, thank you so much. I'll see you this weekend. Appreciate it.